I'm shocked at the number of people that don't know how to cook. If you know how to read, you can cook. Yeah, or if you know how to YouTube. Society's family unit is in crisis as less and less people are making the commitment of a lifelong partnership together. It has been normalized, encouraged, and easier than ever to just throw in the towel when the going gets tough. With time and a premium, start by spending 20 minutes per week gaining thought-provoking inspiration towards a journey of self-improvement, ultimately improving your marriage, your family, your health, and your home. Is the nuclear family unit in crisis? The short answer is yes, it certainly is. Life is not just all about marriage, family, and kids, but it has certainly been responsible for holding together the fabric of society, and it provides many people with more meaning and purpose in their life. Today, we have some observations regarding stats and perceptions showing the decline in the family unit and a few tips to keep your marriage and family unit strong. Welcome to the discussion today. We hope to spark some ideas with you in this episode. We've talked about family before today in previous episodes like the pillars of our podcast and many other subjects that are covered in this broad view. But we wanted to get a little more into the details of why family is so important to us. Everyone has to blaze their own path and everyone has to do what is right for them. So don't take this as if we're the foremost experts on the subject. Before we get into that, here's some statistics. Attitudes against marriage, family, and kids have increased. Statistics show in many ways how the family unit is in trouble, and the consequences could be very damaging long-term. The American family is in the decline, but sometimes it's hard to see how far we've come because the changes are often subtle and incremental. Perhaps the best way to document the decline of the family is to compare where we are today to where we were in 1960. To give you an idea, just because of Ben and I being in our mid-30s, this would be like my grandparents who are in their late 70s, early 80s. 1960 would be about the time that they were starting their family. Back then, more than 9 out of 10 U.S. households with children had both a father and a mother who were married. Married parents with children wasn't just the majority, it was the overwhelming norm. Today, married couples can only be found in about two-thirds of U.S. households with kids. During the decades from 1960 to now, we've discovered through various research studies that children need both a father and a mother. Out-of-wedlock births is one of the reasons children are growing up without two parents. In a column on the Great Society programs, Pat Buchanan gives these sobering statistics. Half of all children born to women under 30 in America now are out of wedlock. Divorce is another reason for family decline. Cohabitation has become more popular, but cohabitation also increases the likelihood of future divorce. The divorce rate has been decreasing from 50% in the 90s, but second and third marriages have a higher instance of divorce. So it's easy to see that the American family unit is in decline. All we have to do is look back over the last few decades, as we said before. The divorce rate percent has declined since the 90s, but less people are getting married. 
in recent decades, singlehood has been incentivized or encouraged. Look at most movies and TV shows about people with kids. They're boring, they're tired, they're complete slobs, or they're just plain crazy. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'm a crazy parent. Parents and married people are the butt of the jokes. They talk about dad bods, mama bears, and all sorts of other little cutesy phrases. It would even seem that people aren't all in, so to speak, when it comes to marriage and family. It's even become more common for people to continue to split the finances Ugh. after being married. Which means separate bank accounts or you're at dinner with your friends and you either go Dutch on the bill or right. you ask your significant other. Whose turn it is? Is it my <laughs> turn or is it your turn? It, you know, that plus a husband or a wife having their own social circles, having their own friends that are separate. Even it, more so if those separate friends are single. That's not inherently bad by itself, but it can sort of lead to bad things. The single people tend to want you to be single with them, or you're doing things that single people do, such as staying out late at night, spending lots of money, not really conducive to a married and family life. Again, this isn't all bad, but couples that aren't on the same page, or maybe even have a foot out the door, they're sort of looking in the periphery around them, looking for something else. Maybe um, not even intentionally. Right, yeah, no, no, absolutely. It just sort of starts to happen. There's a drift that starts to happen when you're living kind of your own life out there and you start to become a little bit disconnected from your family. We've also noticed, and this shouldn't be a shock to anyone, that more and more people now lack domestic skills. You know, cooking skills, taking care of a household, even holding a baby seems entirely foreign to some people. I'm shocked at the number of people that don't know how to cook. If you know how to read, you can cook. Yeah, or if you know how to YouTube, yes. you can cook. Anyone can learn. There were also a lot of people during the shutdowns last year that could not wait to get back to normal, which was basically dropping their kids back off at daycare so that they could go back to work. So and not spend <clears throat> 10 hours a day with their child over their shoulder. Yes, and it's very stressful being around your kids all day, especially when you're not used to it. Take Absolutely. It from us. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but just the concept that we've gone from, you know, say living on a farm or living uh, in a household where one parent works and the other parent's there with the kids all day, or you spent a lot of family time together going on road trips and doing things around the house. Well, now it's basically kids go off to daycare or school all day, parents are both working individually. And then they come back home and they're usually not having dinner together. They go eat out somewhere or eat takeout. But then with daycare and school and then you're shipping kids off to activities and maybe the mom and dad are going out at night with friends. And it just seems like people would rather be able to go out and do their own things, even if it includes work, rather than be home with their family and their kids. Again, don't get us wrong on this. We know that some of these things aren't intentional. I don't think we even thought that way before mm -hmm. until this this new break that we had and, and shaking everything up it really helped us see the priorities in our life in many ways another factor that we find has increased in some of the tearing apart of the family unit is the welfare state and other government assistance this includes things like child support alimony and other things involved in divorce but there's a lot of incentives to being a single parent, splitting up the family, getting divorced. The lawyers and the courts are certainly not going to tell you to fight for your marriage. 
there's a lot of money in it for them. Like I said before, if you have friends or family members that have been divorced or are single, they're not going to talk you into sticking it out and rebuilding your marriage and getting... Counseling. No, they're, they're going to talk you into, well, you deserve to be happy and you need to get out of there and all these types of things, right? Yes, of course. We know that there's exceptions and there's people who need to get out, who need to get a divorce, who things turn out better because... But those are not the majority Everything that we say is not the, it's not the majority. Not every divorce turns out good for the child, for the mother, for the father. Those are rare. But it doesn't disprove the majority just because there's exceptions that that do work. Yes. And we recognize that, but we have a lot of family members that were divorced. And in some cases, I would say that was probably for the best. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate, but maybe there should have been more care taken before getting married, before having kids that led to that. We certainly noticed a rise in people being completely uncomfortable with the idea of kids or a family, even just kids in the vicinity of where they are at. People wanting to eat at restaurants that don't allow kids because they just can't even stand the thought of the noise mm-hmm. or kids running around doing And we stuff. get that. We went out to dinner last <clears throat> night and oh my gosh. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It was ugh. It was a headache. Not that our children don't know how to behave in a public place. Of course, our nine-year-old does, and she does great. It's the one-year-old that <laughs> yeah, doesn't know his own strength that can be a little crazy. But at the same time, we're not taking them to a five-star restaurant. No. <laughs> they need to be socialized. We can't just lock them away until they are productive members of society. Yeah. <laughs> but kids and family bring a lot of good things to your life beyond... Mm-hmm. What people that don't have kids think of, they think a family drags them down, it shackles them, it's such an inconvenience to their sleep, to their free time, to all the money they have, or whatever. I just think that, as we've talked about this, that more people just seem to be concerned with their careers, their individual selfish pursuits, and even just as far away from the desire to start a family Uh, You know, it's one thing that people are waiting longer to get married, waiting longer to have kids. That may be a good thing. That may be a good thing in some ways. But it's almost like people are trying to put off growing up. Mm -hmm. They're trying to put off real life responsibilities as long as they can because they still want to play and have fun and be free. Again, we'll say this again. We're not saying that marriage and kids is the only way for everyone out there, it's, there's no right way to do it. We're just making some anecdotal observations. And honestly, some people probably <laughs> shouldn't have kids or get married. Some people have kids from different marriages and blended families. There's nothing wrong with that. But it seems to be becoming more and more acceptable. Or encouraged. Exactly. And the question arises, are people vetting out their partners before marriage? Or do they just want the ring in the ceremony? What's the reason for marriage Mm -hmm. if it doesn't include family? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would argue one of the strong reasons to get married is is about having kids. Mm -hmm. Not not the only reason, but it's it's one big reason. Why do you need to be legally binded together if if you're not going somewhere with this? What's the point? Mm -hmm. If you're getting married and you still have separate finances and separate friends, what are you like? You literally just spent thousands of dollars for a piece of paper. (laughs) Like, wow, are people giving their marriage 100% or are they already looking for greener grass somewhere else? Those who 
think that they might need to get divorced or are having issues, have they even tried counseling, which Ben and I have done when we were thinking about not continuing our marriage. Mm -hmm. You can't just walk out. Like you spent thousands of dollars for a piece of paper Mm -hmm. and you're not going to spend any money to try and make it work. (laughs) So you stood up in front of your closest family and friends. You made vows. You exchanged those vows. You made a commitment to each other. And now you're just going to throw that away as soon as it gets hard, right? Like you're not even going to try. If if you get in trouble at work and you get written up, do you just you just give up? Mm. Or do you follow an action plan and mm-hmm. steps to improve and get better? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. So there seem to be growing movements out there that are telling younger generations not to get married for various reasons. Obviously, they have careers and want to pursue that and... There's a lot of maturity that needs to happen. So I totally get that. Not everyone should get married at age 19 and have children on top of that. Yes, there's a, there's a maturity level. And I would say definitely within even the last three years, when, once I turned 30, mm-hmm. my maturity level completely changed yep. as well. Yep. Maybe it is better to wait a little bit and stuff and vet out your partner and make sure that you have some things in order. You're never going to have anything 100% in order, like finances, house, career, all line up in perfect harmony at the same time in order for you to get married. But one thing that has changed the most for us in this last year, which is why we kind of go on this venting a little bit, is that we want to be home with our family at night. And we want to have influence influence in our child's education and the friends that they play with. One of Ben and I's biggest things is even if we do have a date night once a week, which we're trying to do, we are home by seven. Seven o'clock is when our son's bath time is. And then he goes to bed at 730 and our daughter goes to bed at eight. We are putting our kids in bed every day night and we are waking up with our children every morning yes we do understand that there's going to be those occasions where you know once concerts come back or something like that we're going to go see eric church or something it's Mm -hmm. going to go till flipping midnight because that's just how long he goes (laughs) yes that's fine that's once in a blue moon but every night we are putting our children in bed we are not out late and that is really important to us now keeping in mind just having a kid doesn't necessarily make you some sort of hero. No. I would strongly suggest that people figure out who they are and what they want out of life and try to become a little bit more established in their careers or what they're trying to do with their life before they have kids and get married and all that. But I have other moms say to me all the time, I just, I don't know how you do it. You're homeschooling and you have a baby and you're doing Girl Scout stuff and you're working. I work 20 hours a week or so. I keep up on my home as much as absolutely possible. I'm pretty particular about that. My husband works from home. We keep up with our house. Just got done getting painted. We do all these things and people are like, I just, like, I just don't know how you do it. And they try and paint me as like some like super mom or something. No, I I mean, I'm not a super mom. I'm just a mom. That's my job. That's what I do. You just wake up and you and you do it. And we have to support each other as much as possible. It takes both of us to keep the house running. Mm -hmm. It's not a one person effort. It's the same with raising our kids and everything else. I mean, it it just it I don't know. It seems like there's been a lot of putting single 
parents up on some sort of pedestal. I mean, it can be done, but that doesn't mean that's the best way to do it. Research that we've vetted out has shown that kids fare much better in a two-parent household. Their depression and suicide rates go down. Their crime and incarceration rates also go down. Their graduation and income rates increase when parents stay together. But currently, birth rates are down in America. Fertility rates in men and women are down. Depression and anxiety are up. Obesity is high, and so is overall financial debt. So what's going on here? Well, obviously, there's a very detailed explanation that we could spend a lot more time on. (laughs) And there's many different causes and and reasons why, a lot of theories about all of that. But we thought it would be good to have just a few tips on things that we do that could help create a stronger family unit. And we've discussed all of these things in the past. So we're just going to briefly skim over these tips again, if you haven't listened to the past episodes, of things that we do to have a stronger marriage and family unit. One of them that we've talked about before, one of the tips is to have dinner as a family. And this has really been lost over the years. I think we saw it a lot back in the 90s even where families were eating in front of the TV on a TV tray. Oh my gosh. My biggest pet peeve. You knew that when you met me. I know. My biggest pet peeve is TV trays. I know. I don't understand it. Shut off the TV, shut off the phones, sit and have focused time as a family, go over your day, talk to your kids. I will never own a TV tray. Talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) We have always had dinner as a family. Even when we were working crazy and stuff, we've always had a meal once a day as a family. Sometimes twice a day. Going over (laughs) things as a family, having a dinner ritual, if you will, together, it really creates a stronger family culture. You really lose that. When you allow TV to be on and other Mm -hmm. distractions, or you just don't sit down and do it as a family. And if you feel awkward, like, okay, TV's off, what what do we talk about? What do we do? Number one, there's lots of different cards and things that, that deck, deck of cards that you could get for family discussions and things like that. We have those um, apps and stuff on phones. Yeah. Just turn on some music. We just listen to Spotify while we eat dinner. Well, and it's good to go over the family to-do list. What happened today? What'd you like? What'd you not like? What are some things you're looking forward to? And talk about some fun times together. That's really important. So Another tip that relates to this, have a family mission or a vision. This creates an operating framework and a code of conduct. This happens when you have family values that are formalized and passed on. It really gives your family a sense of identity. This says, this is who we are. This is how we conduct ourselves. And without it, you're just blowing back and forth in the wind. And we want strong, virtuous, productive kids that will grow into adults in the future. And they won't need us anymore because we've built them into productive productive people people in society that can think for themselves. And yeah, they may still need us for support and advice and stuff like that over the years, especially when they have their own kids. But they don't have to keep moving back home because they can't stay on their own two feet. Mm -hmm. Another thing is to hold family meetings. And this relates to the dinner thing, but this could be a separate scheduled once a week type of deal. Or you could have a one-off once in a while, especially if something comes up that you think is worth a family meeting. Have your kids get involved. They can bring something to the family meeting too. They probably get excited about it. Like, hey, here, you get to you get to run the family meeting tonight. Plan these, make them part of your weekly schedule. It really strengthens the family bond. In closing, having a family isn't cheap and it requires <laughs> a lot of patience, but it just seems to us that having a family used to be looked upon in a more positive light. And it seems to have flipped in recent years. People are just willing to quit something as soon as it gets hard. 
Mm-hmm. You don't like your job? Just quit. You don't like your marriage? Just get divorced. Don't like being a parent? Well, just take off. So we are working to uphold some family values and teach those to our kids. We go on family trips together. We have family movie or game nights together. This raises the security and the connection for the family by creating focused FaceTime for all of us. As a family, we are stronger because of each other. It's hard sometimes, but it's worth it because we're striving for something better than just ourselves. Family is our purpose and our priority. It's a source of strength, support, and love, and it's a strong pillar of society. And you know what? It's worth fighting for. The call to order this week is to sit down and decide what your family is about. If you don't have a family yet, what would it look like to you? Why is having a family so important? What's your identity and do you have family traditions to pass on? Take the time to intentionally think about these things because there's a lot at stake for you and others. Make a plan of how you will accomplish your goals, but make sure that you have a long-term vision first. If you're ready for your marriage and family dynamic to thrive and not just survive, all it takes is 20 minutes or less joining us each week. It begins with a journey of self-improvement while you sit in the carpool lane, commute to work, squeeze in a workout, or get halfway through folding that laundry pile. Be sure to check out the blog at thefamilyorder.com and follow us on Facebook at The Family Order. If you're ready to start your journey, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss new episodes every Monday.